Have you been struggling to make solid cinematic films? Do you watch other filmmakers and wonder why their products look so good? You need training. Good, specialized training. Something that is easy to digest and that you can take safely at home. I'm not talking about college. I'm talking about full-time filmmaker. Parker Wahlbeck and his team have put together an amazing course with over 400 training videos. Everything from Wedding Video Pro with Jake Weisler to how to edit with Premiere or Final Cut. Imagine getting proper, real-world training you can do at home. Imagine the impact that would have on your work, your skills increase, your quality increases, and then so do your prices. Click on our affiliate link below, take the free online training on their top 10 secrets to achieving cinematic shots, and see what full-time filmmaker can do for you. We did it, and it propelled our business. Hey everybody, and welcome to Wedding Videography for Beginners. I am your co-host, Phil Beabout, here with Brittany. And today we are covering what is your wedding day game plan. So what we want to do is go over what we do the day before a wedding and then the night of the wedding once we get home. Because I think that it's really important to have just a solid system in place that you're doing prior to the wedding and then when you get back because those systems are really going to help you get into a groove make you feel more confident on the day and then it's going to eventually lead to you being more successful so let's talk about equipment on the night before when the first thing that we do is we pull out our cameras and all of our audio gear we go through and we format every card so we format all the cards for the cameras we format all the cards for the recorders we format the card on the h6 we format every card and get everything down to zero so everybody is starting fresh we make sure all the batteries have been charged we physically check each one of them we pop it we built a uh, a charging station like white and reverie has so the one that they put on their youtube channel and we just pop the batteries in double check to make sure that everything's charged up call that good to go and then put everything back in its respective case we brainstorm on lenses and who's going to be using what lens and you know what what each person's going to kind of be doing throughout the day so that the reason why we do that is because we put the lens that we're going to be using on the camera body and put that in the case. So that way that's just ready to go. When we get there, we can just pull the camera out and it's, you know, you just got to make a small tweaks to it and you're ready to go. Now we look to make sure that we have extra miscellaneous batteries like double A's, triple A's. Uh, I've shied away from using rechargeable batteries because they, they just don't last as long. And I would much rather take one, double a battery or two triple a batteries it's going to last for 17 hours then have one rechargeable triple a that's going to last for three so that's that's just my personal opinion i just I, I would rather have longer lasting batteries i physically turn on when when we're erasing the cards on the cameras i will go through each camera and make sure that the settings all still look good that the shutter angles at 180 that in our case, because we use Panasonic cameras, we have those custom buttons on the top. So I'll look at C1 and C2, just double check to make sure that C1 is still 4K24 at 50, and then C2 is 4K60 at 120. Make sure that the V-Log is still set and that we have our, our external LUT on and all that kind of stuff. So make sure that the cameras are, are good to go. And then we will pack up everything 
into their respective bag. We'll put everything into, you know, it's, it's case and that kind of stuff. And we'll get everything locked and sealed up. We'll print all of the materials that we might, we might need for the day. If we have to have extra directions or if there's a detailed timeline that I want, I'm kind of old school. So I print everything and I keep it in my pocket. Um, I don't know why I could probably just use it on my phone, but I actually like having something tangible in my hand. So we get all that printed and then we load everything into our vehicle. Now we have a garage so I can take all the equipment into the car and load it up the night prior because it's not in a driveway or on a street. So if you don't have a secure location, I wouldn't recommend doing this with us. So because we have a garage, we can just put everything into our car and it'll be okay. The reason why we do that is because you never want to make any changes to the equipment the day of the wedding. You never want to be going in and like fiddling with settings or trying to do something new with your gimbal. You never, you don't just don't touch any of that on the day of the wedding because chances are it's not going to turn out great. You, you want to make sure that you've tested everything that you've, you have all your batteries good to go. Your cards are good to go. Your settings are good to go and then just put it away. And then, you know, if you can load it, load it. And if not, you know, I mean, just load it first thing in the morning, but don't make any changes to your equipment the day of the wedding. And, you know, when I was going through talking about the bags and that kind of stuff in one of our previous podcasts, I believe it's episode 17, we talk about organizing the equipment, like knowing your equipment and that kind of stuff. And then how we kind of have ours organized into bags. And one of the reasons why we do that is because the night before the wedding, when I open up a Pelican case, or if I open up one of the Apache cases, I kind of know in general terms where everything should be. I know that there's two cameras on the top left and there's two cameras in the center. You know, I know that there's our safe camera lenses on the top right of the Pelican case. Like you can just tell that you have everything that you need for that day, just kind of in a glance. So that's one reason why we keep everything organized the way it is. So if you have any questions or if you, you know, you want to kind of dive a little bit more in depth with that one, feel free to check that episode out uh, because it, it honestly helps make that night easier when you have a better organizational system when it comes to your equipment. All right. To feed a little bit more off of what he's saying, I'm going to go a little bit more into the, the things that we do that involve like the couple the night before their wedding. So we always give our couples a questionnaire and it kind of just delves into the details of the day, the things that they find important, um, contact information. And what we do with that is we just re-familiarize ourselves with our couples. I mean, some of these people book out years in advance and by years I mean one year we don't really book anything out more than that but in between the first contact and maybe the month before um in-person meeting or zoom call or whatever there's a lot that happens and you can easily forget some of the more important aspects of what's important to that specific couple so we like to refamiliarize ourselves with the couples and 
call out specific requests that or interesting things that they have, like um, anything that they put a specific emphasis on. Like we had one couple who met over a game of like rock, paper, scissors or something, or that's how they settled all of their um, disputes disputes or whatnot. (laughs) And so that was kind of something that stuck out to us. So the day of their wedding, we had them do a rock, paper, scissors game, three out of best out of three or whatever. And it ended up being one of the things that they They really talked about. Um, So that was really special for them. And it was just one of those things that we re-familiarized ourselves with because I think Phil forgot all about it. And I was like, hey, let's have them play a game of rock, paper, scissors. And I mean, those are the things that make the difference to your couples. Um, Yeah, those things would definitely be what separates you from other people in your area. That's for sure. Right. And then we had another um, bride who had a special surprise for her groom and it was samba dancers and he had no idea and we didn't really know too many of the details about it but we knew it was something that we needed to be like on the lookout for it was something that we needed to speak with the dj about and i mean i think he even it was all kind of very secretive and on a whim we well we knew the start time the start time was at nine That, that was pretty much all we knew we didn't, they didn't, there was no other, we just knew they were hiring Samba dancers who were supposed to keep it a secret and they were going to start it around, around 2100. Which meant that we needed to be on top of the groom because his reaction was what we were, mm-hmm. what we were really trying to capture. Um, we go over the Skype notes, like I was saying, Zoom call or whatever your method is. We like to go over the last like contact that we had with them. Uh, Just like I said, to put special emphasis on the things that they find important, whether that's, you know, we want our family, our grandparents, or um, we don't want my sister-in-law or whatever. And so those are the things that help us refamiliarize ourselves with the couples. We just kind of go over those things the night before or even on the drive. It's kind of something that we keep um, talking about, making sure we're using the bride and groom's name. We don't want any uh, mishaps with that. That could be embarrassing. Um, I did that, didn't I? I was, I was calling a groom somebody else's name. Yeah, I'm not. Sh- I'm trying I, to remember. Yeah, I think I'm pretty I sure might I did have that. Blocked that out mentally. So, <laughs> oh no, it was a photographer. That's what it was. It was a photographer. I kept calling the photographer like Andy, and his name's Adam. But that's another thing that we like to review is the other yeah, vendors that we're going to be in contact with, whether we've met them or not. And I mean, this is not something that we do the night before, but we typically send out the photographer like a quick introductory email like just introducing ourselves and be like hey you know we're going to be working together um you know yada 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 um we also map out the times that we need to be leaving and all of the destinations so if the bride and groom are getting ready in separate locations 
we make sure that we know how much time it's going to take for us to get from our house to one location and then to the next location or how long it's going to take to get from prep to the ceremony or ceremony to reception or, you know, whatever the situation, we also try to forecast whether or not we're going to have to split up, which is not something that we like ever want to do, but sometimes the situation calls for that. Um, so we just like to have a major like understanding of the time constraints where we need to be and when we go over the timeline. Um, we also like to make sure that we have any and all emergency contact information, whether that's like the bride or whoever the bride and groom designate as their like go-to contact people. We try to have those numbers on hand, um, whether that's on our phones or in written on our maps or whatever. Um, we also, on like another note, like to discuss what shots are important for us um, and who's responsible and what roles we play in that, whether or not like Phil needs to grab the bride coming down the aisle, I'm getting groom reaction, what lens we need to be on. It's just we try to have some sort of game plan. And of course, none of this is necessarily going to play out exactly how you plan, but it's just good to have some sort of understanding of what your roles and responsibilities are. <clears throat> um, and then one of the most important parts is snacks and water. Snacks. <laughs> and I, I want to just say that we're probably the worst at like making the time to keep ourselves hydrated and, you know, our sugar levels and energy up, but it's so important. Yeah, no, I, I would say that you need to stay really hydrated during a wedding day and we don't. So I feel like hungover. Like I had been out hard the night before and wasn't <laughs> at all. It's really sad. So well, it's, it's one of those things where you, you, you don't sleep on staying hydrated. That's for sure. Yeah, but I I totally understand the whole reason why you wouldn't. You're like, oh my gosh, where am I going to go to the bathroom? This and this and that. But there's always time. And that's something that we were talking about like a, when we were discussing this podcast. Like, We are the worst to tell you guys to do these things, but it is so important. And you'd feel a hundred times better the next yeah. day. And as long as you're not going to be missing like, I don't know, the bride walking down the aisle, like obviously you have to find opportunities to go. Well, so one, you, as you start to become more experienced, you're going to notice that there's a lot more downtime. You're not going to need to shoot a 15 minute long, you know, unbroken clip of bride prep. <laughs> You'll be able to, you know, you're, you're really going to learn and kind of adjust to things and it, it'll, it'll get easier. But you got it. You have to stay hydrated. I can't stress that enough. So uh, with that, we're going to go into a short little break. And when we return, Phil will be discussing our wedding night breakdown. 
Do you still email a PDF for a contract? Are you struggling to remember who you sent files to or what those files were? You need a solid CRM, a customer relation management tool, a program that will send professional files and contracts all on your behalf. One that does not need to be printed, signed, and emailed back. Is this the Stone Age? You need HoneyBook. We've been using them for years now, and it increased our productivity by taking menial tasks and automating them. You can set up custom workflows to automatically send emails, payment reminders, thank you responses, etc. You can send brochures, questionnaires, and invoices too. We have three set up. One for when a couple inquires, one for after a call with a couple, and one for a booked wedding with nine steps. That saves us so much time on the back end. What would you do with more time? Spend more time with your family, spend more time working on creative projects, or just simply relaxing. Use our affiliate link below to save 50% on your first year. Go ahead. It's on us. Start saving time and money today. All right, everybody. Welcome back from break. I want to talk to you about what we do on like the night of the wedding. So once, once we're like on the drive and then once, once we get back to the house. So when we get into the car, we immediately start talking about what went well and what didn't. We really start to go through, um, like what, what shots we thought were good, what moments we thought were really good. And typically Brit will bust out her phone and start taking notes So we're recording all of it as we're talking about it. So we want to try to go over any moment that stood out above the rest, something that we thought was really special that we just, that we caught that we want to make sure gets into the film. And the best time to do that is immediately after the wedding. So as we're driving, you know, we're, we're chatting, we're, we're talking about like, Hey, you know, it was a really touching moment between the bride and her dad at this point. So Brit's jotting that down saying, this will probably look good in the film. You know, we, we want to have all of that information written down and then attached to that couple's profile so that when we start the edit, we can go back and read through the, read through those things that are really like jog our memory on what was going on. You know, the last thing you want to try to do is recreate these moments in your mind a month or two down the road when you're starting to edit that movie. You want to make sure that you're you're doing this as soon as you can. Uh, that way you have all this information while it's while it's fresh. So we also start to talk about the music. So what music were they listening to during their first dances? What what was their music selection? You know, what do they ask the DJ to play during the reception and that kind of stuff? Because we like to select music based on what we think the couple is interested in. So we'll go into music bed, we'll select six or eight songs in music bed and then send it to the couple and let them choose what, you know, two or three songs they want in their film. And one of the best ways that we do that is we jot down music that they were listening to during, you know, the ceremony or the, uh, the reception itself. So that, uh, that really helps us when it comes to choosing music. And then as soon as we get home, I've got this system slash ritual that I immediately go into. And that is, 
We take all the batteries out of the cameras. We take all the batteries, you know, out of the recording devices and anything that needs to be put on the chargers, we put right into that charging wall and we get everything charging right off the bat. We, as that's going on, I will go into, or I'll I'll take all the cards and start to dump the footage off of the cards into the computer. So I will go through every card, make sure that everything is taken off and I will do all of the audio files as well. So we use Backblaze, and once we get those files loaded into our external hard drive, Backblaze picks it up and then starts to upload it into their server. So I want to make sure that I get everything done and loaded into our drive so that overnight things are uploading into Backblaze. So it's starting to starting that backup process right off the bat. And you know, like I said, the idea is that by the time I wake up in the morning, all of the files from the cards, all of the audio files, all the drone footage, all of that stuff is in a hard drive and it's backed up to, you know, the cloud through Backblaze. We, and also that, you know, the majority of the batteries are charged by the time that you wake up too. So if there's something else going on, you're, you're ready to go. You can start clearing cards. You can start loading batteries in. you can start getting, getting everything, you know, set up for the next day. I also like to take a few minutes to clean the gear. You know, if we were shooting down at a beach or something like that, I'll blow out all the lenses. I'll blow out all the, you know, the, the camera parts. I'll wipe everything down. Now I will admit that it is pretty rare that our equipment gets really dirty. I think it's more of a, I just like to keep our stuff clean and working right and that kind of stuff. So I, we, we take good care of our equipment. And we, you, everybody should, you pay enough money for it. You, you should take good care of it. But the, uh, we want to make sure that once, once everything is cleaned, once the batteries are charged, the cards are offloaded, you know, we put everything back together and then we put it back into the Pelican cases and our Apache cases, just like we did with everything else. So you're right back to that step one where we were talking about the night before, where you're just opening up everything, you're clearing cards, that kind of stuff. Like this is, this is how it ends. I do this before I go to bed. So the night of the wedding, I've dumped all the batteries into the chargers and they are charging overnight. I've cleared all of the cards and put the cards back into the cameras. I've cleaned the cameras and I've put the cameras back into the cases and got everything reorganized and back to how it should look for the next, you know, for the next, you know, job. And that's, that's every night or that's every, every wedding at the end of every wedding. I do that before, before I go to bed. All right. So usually during the whole offloading process, while we're getting the batteries charged and cleaning the gear and everything else, as soon as, um, we're able to start skimming through the footage as it's being downloaded onto the computer. We start to really kind of like just review what we've shot for the day. And we pay special notice to the special moments like um, first look and ceremony footage and make sure that all of our angles are coming through Um, and then we start to look at the audio and everything is just kind of like a spot check. It's not like super in detailed or um, thorough, but it's just so that we 
can kind of go over things while it's still fresh in our minds. And I know I'm just, I'm curious to make sure that the footage actually looks good. Right. Well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Like while we're, I, I always want to, you know, pop out the ceremony and make sure like the safe camera looked good and make sure that the speeches, you know, looked good. And Well, all of that too is just like, we're still riding high from the day and everything is still fresh, but we also want to make sure that the shots were framed right, the white balance is right, um, things were exposed correctly, you know, et cetera. Everything that is obviously very important, but it also helps us to review and figure out like, what our strengths were for the day, discuss maybe the things that didn't go so great and how we can improve and find better ways to, um, I don't know, get over those struggles and hurdles that we encountered. Um, It's important to note that this is a relatively quick process. We don't get hung up on certain things because too, there have been so many times when we've been like skimming through the footage and had mere meltdowns because we didn't think we got something or, oh my gosh, did you press record? Did we actually get that? And just to later find out that, you know, we were just skimming through it and everything is here. Meanwhile, Phil almost had a coronary. (laughs) Um, But it's, it's definitely something that has helped us grow. I mean, especially like I said, when everything is fresh and you see like, oh my gosh, if I would have just held that for a few more seconds, that would have been such a clean shot. Or, um, I mean, there's so many things that you can improve upon. Like you just look at, oh, my white balance was so off right there. What was going on in that moment that I didn't take the time to check my white balance? I mean, on a completely different note, like it's always important to capture the moment, whether your settings are perfect or not, like as long as you capture it, it's better than not having it and missing that moment altogether. Yeah, by and large, if you if you just mash record and just start recording, a lot of things you can just fix in post. So rather than fidgeting with settings and that kind of stuff, just hit record. If your white balance is set to 7,000 and it's inside under a candle, you can still, you can recover a lot of stuff. So she's right. You need to just record it. I mean, there have been so many moments I can think of one right off the top of my head when I don't even know what was going on, but we were trying to figure out, I think we had just like walked outside from inside and we were like struggling to just do we want our ND filters? Do we not? And then the photographer was walking the bride out for the first look for with her father. And we just pressed record and one of us got it and the other one didn't. <laughs> so, so what, it, what had happened was we, we walked outside to do a first look with a, a bride and her dad, which she told us, you know, a few times that that was really, really important to her. And I positioned the dad, walked him through like what she was going to be doing and that kind of stuff, not realizing that at the same exact time she was actually doing it. So as soon as I got done, like explaining, she's going to tap you on your left shoulder. She actually tapped him on his left shoulder and turned around. And I, I wasn't recording. I was just holding my camera down to my side when I was talking to him 
and Brittany had hit record, uh, her, I want to say the, the ISO was, you know, set to something we, we had just came from, she was right. We had just came from inside to outside. So her ISO was still, you know, at like 4,000, but it's outdoors. So it's almost that, you know, the highlights were blown out. Uh, and the white balance was still set to like 3,200 Kelvin. So obviously outside there was some cloud cover, so it should have been at, you know, around 6,000 Kelvin. So it was, there was a lot of differences with the, with the footage, but when I sat down in front of it in post, I salvaged the vast majority of it because the most important thing was that we had it. And you know what the bride and groom never complained about? Anything with that shot. So it's really important that you just record it. And then, as much as I hate to say it, fix it and post. Like that's... (laughs) so. But also to go off of that, there's never any reason to let the bride and groom know when something has gone wrong during the day. Or if you think like, oh my gosh... I don't think we got that or just in hindsight, we have gotten so much footage for every single wedding that there's really no excuse for us not to be able to put together a good film for any of our couples. Like, sure, it might not be like what you may have wanted or maybe you missed something. Oh, you mean us. I thought you meant them, the couple. I was like, what do you mean not what they wanted? (laughs) No, like for us in general, like maybe there was something that we thought we could have done better or whatnot, but the bride and groom aren't necessarily seeing their wedding day through your lens. I mean, they're seeing it more through your lens than what they experienced because what they experienced is something completely different from you. So you're kind of the outsider I mean, obviously the outsider looking in, but I don't think. Yeah, I think out of 20, we've done 27, 28 weddings that the, uh, I we've had one that had like feedback, like a lot of feedback. And that was really early on. And after that, we haven't, we haven't received anything. I think that was just kind of a one-off. I think by and large, what Britt's talking about is you're way more critical on what you're looking at than what they're going to be looking at. And just to kind of echo what, what Britt said was just, if you miss a shot, chances are there's no reason to bring it up. Right. So just don't, but also, like you're going to cause yourself more problems than yeah. don't get hung up on it. Like yeah. move on, like quickly recover and just move on. The day is filled with, I mean, beautiful moments, um, both planned and unplanned. Um, I think it's always really important to just try to capture the authenticity of the day. Don't don't get too hung up on the little nuanced things like, oh, I didn't get, you know, her earring before she put it on or whatever. Like those things aren't that important in the grand scheme of things. Um, but to get back to our whole, like, after action report, um, that was a little tangent. (laughs) Yeah, but they're all kind of like experiences, (laughs) experiences that we've had and things that people can 
definitely benefit from. But um, the whole point of this is to just get a good grasp on what you did that day, what your strengths were, what your weaknesses were, how you could improve. Um, I mean, what am I getting at? I don't know. What are you getting at? Well, the point is to take notes too on what. So you're you're going to notice a really common theme with everything that we're talking about, and that's always learning and continuous improvement. You know, if you want to really propel what you're doing, you need to look at everything through like the lens of what can I be doing better. What didn't I do well at this wedding that I can improve on that will make the next wedding either easier or will make me more money on the next wedding? And that's that's kind of what we do when we're flipping through footage, when we're looking, like when she says things like, oh, we, we were looking at framing, we were looking at white balance and that kind of stuff. If your white balance is always off, you should do something to fix that. Because while I say things like fix it in post, that takes time. Time equals money. So if you're, you know, if you've budgeted out, say, 40 hours to do a six minute film, but every shot's white balance is wrong, that's going to take you like 55, 60 hours because you have to go through and fix every, every clip like that. It's not like a small tweak. You're making significant adjustments to kind of bring, you know, you need to color correct it at that point. And you don't want to be in that position. So you need to learn what you're doing wrong so that when you're doing things later down the road, it's easier for you. If it's easier for you, it's going by faster, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, we, we take these little after action reports kind of serious because we know that if our wedding game is improving, we will make more money. Like it's, I love shooting weddings. I love the experience. I love meeting the couples. I love, you know, getting a chance to be friends with the couples and that kind of stuff. But at the same time, we have two kids and those kids need food. So we also have to make money. And I don't want to be in the business of doing things that's going to cause us to hemorrhage money. So that's why you hear us like we we're always circling back to things like I know a lot of people are probably like, why do they keep talking about these after action reports? And the after action report is going to make you a better filmmaker. That's why. In all aspects of it, because once the wedding day has come and gone, things that may have been important to the couple, say before, um, maybe the day of they just weren't into like one of the last weddings that we shot together the couple had like um, all of the traditional garter toss, um, bouquet cutting, toss, cake cutting. Like they just nixed all of that. And they were like, you know what? We're having too much fun dancing. We just don't care to have that. And you know what? Like that day, it. it was like, all right, cool. Like we have enough footage of everything else that happened today that we don't need any of that. And, you know, that's also important because your questionnaire or your timeline is not going to match up to what the actual day ended up um, unfolding. And so it's important that you maybe jot down these things or like even another couple that we had, 
the um, groomsman was definitely drunk when he was giving his speech. And we had multiple people come up to us afterwards and say, hey, like, whatever you do, leave out that part about his ex-wife or, you know, all of this stuff. And it was, it was one of like, those. Um, like, obviously, that was our first It was obviously thought. things that we were going to do anyways. I didn't need somebody to tell me not to, you know. Right. But can you can you bleep out all the curse words? Yeah, I'm not even going to put it in. <laughs> so. But I mean, those are important things to just take note of, especially if you have a busy shooting weekend. Like if this is not your only wedding that weekend and you get, you know, home and you get all of your stuff ready for the next day, you're, as soon as that wedding is over, your focus is on what am I doing tomorrow? Where do I need to be? Whatever. So taking the a little bit of extra time to make sure that you wrote down certain things like, oh my gosh, the bride had this touching moment with her grandmother. We need to make sure that we have that in. Or, I mean, I think that kind of goes with any special thing that you notice that day. It's just these things, I mean, once time passes and you've had another five weddings, before you even get to the editing bay for this wedding, um, you could really lose out on a lot of yeah, little. You're not going to remember it. Yeah, like that's parts. you're just not going to remember. There's going to be too much time that's passed and too much other stuff that's happened and too much music played, too much. Mm. Too so many it's flowers. it's just really important to do to do a lot of this stuff the night of, which I know sounds crappy because you know you're up late, you're trying to knock all this stuff out, but it's really going to work in your favor. So, yeah, I mean, I think that pretty much covers it. I mean, at the end of the day, the point is to make a story that your couple wants. And if you take a little extra time to uh, just jot down the important aspects of their wedding day, it really helps you when you get to their um, film in the queue. All right. So just kind of wrap things up, you know, having a solid system before and after a wedding day is really going to make your life a thousand times easier, especially when it comes to accountability of your gear and then also the edit. You know, if you're taking those notes, if you're jotting some things down, when you get back to that edit, you're going to really be able to make a film that's really special with someone because you're going to have all these details written down from the night that you wouldn't have remembered, you know, later on. So try to develop a system that works for you. You know, we might be a little on the radical spectrum to where we do it the night of. That's just, you know, we're already kind of amped up when we get home. Like there's a bunch of stuff going on. So we, we just, we do all of it the night of. It's just better for us. But try to find something that works for you. You know, trust us. It's, it's going to really help you in the long run. All right. So if you are watching this on youtube be sure to hit the like button and subscribe to us be sure to join our private facebook group wedding videography for beginners don't hesitate to shoot me an email if you have any questions or if you want to you know bounce some ideas or anything and again thank you so much for listening we hope everybody is staying safe and we will see you here in a couple of weeks all right bye i still don't know how to end these things are you looking at a really nice camera you can't afford? Are you wondering how companies afford six red Monstro 8K cameras and all the trimmings? You need to make more money so you can buy one. No, I'm kidding. You need to rent. Renting equipment is way easier than you think. 
You can ship it all back and forth from your house, and it's way cheaper than buying. Best of all, you should include the rental cost in your pricing to pass on the expense because you're shooting with better gear. Wouldn't it be great to use something other than a Canon SL2 for your next project? Rent a Sony a7S 3 or a Canon 1DX Mark III. You don't need to buy them. We rent additional cameras, lighting gear, and audio equipment all the time from Borrow Lenses. We've never had a late shipment or anything other than an awesome experience with their customer service. Use our affiliate link below to get renting today and you'll have professional equipment tomorrow.